0: At show number 43, Debunking Darwin. And you know, on the last show, we discussed why it is so important to be able to defend your faith. Well, for too long, Christians have truly been just easing along in our faith without having the skill set to logically defend our faith when asked. Our intelligent designer God placed everything on this earth and in this universe with purpose and reason. So you might want to go back and listen to the last podcast about defending your faith, because today we're really going to go in and specifically talk about Darwinian evolution. And unfortunately, our schools and universities brought into the Darwin theory of evolution with hook, line, and sinker. As if it is fact, and it has been being taught as fact. And what is really truly important to understand is that a theory is just as the name implies, it's a theory. Theories are not proven laws and therefore should be taught with an open mind to other thoughts and theories regarding the topic. Well, let's look at what Webster says a theory is a plausible or scientifically acceptable general body or principle of principles offered to explain phenomena, or it's a hypothesis assumed for the sake of argument or investigation. And thirdly, it's an unproved assumption. And so a scientific law is a statement of an order or relation of phenomenon that is so far is known is invariable under different conditions. I know that's a lot of words right there, but basically a law is something that can be proven while a theory suggests a possible scenario. While I was a former high school biology teacher, and I can tell you that there is zero additional schools of thought being taught regarding Darwin's theory of evolution, The textbooks are packed with Darwin's theory and are being taught basically as fact when this theory is a theory and it is not a fact and it cannot be proven because guess what? We weren't there when creation began. (laughs) And even if, as they say on the evolutionary timeline, that it began millions and millions of years ago, well, none of us were there. So it cannot be proven. Well, here in Texas, we have what are called the TEKS, which stands for the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills. And it states, and I quote, students should know that some questions are outside the realm of science because they deal with phenomena that are not scientifically testable. Well, there you have it, not scientifically testable well darwin's theory cannot be tested and when students are provided with the origins of life the textbooks are filled with scenarios such as life beginning as molecules that were struck by lightning thereby causing a chemical reaction from which all of life began in this oozing pool of slime the molecules then organized themselves over time, basically millions and millions and millions of years, because they need a lot of time to make their theory work, to become more and more organized. Y'all, I'm sorry, but that just sounds like science fiction, which it is. So it's, it's like opening a box of puzzle pieces and expecting that this non-living group of puzzle pieces will eventually organize themselves if some outside force zaps them. Well, that doesn't seem very logical, does it? But yet, this is what our children are being taught as fact. Basically, that all of life, all of this extremely complex organisms just randomly organized themselves. Y'all, I'm just, I'm sorry, I can't I cannot wrap my brain around that. So sure, let's throw out a lot of different theories, but while the textbook writers are at it, why not also throw in the theory of intelligent design? Doesn't it make logical sense that something as complex as human life and DNA in the human body was designed specifically? using intelligence rather than through some random acts coming out of chaos. Well, I know that the God that I serve is not a God of chaos. He is a God of order and intelligence and design. So my logic says yes. However, children, and this includes college students, are only being offered one theory and therefore they begin to believe it is the only plausible explanation for life because right their teachers and their professors they they've got to know so they must be right so my question is why not present various schools of thought regarding theory and allow our kids to investigate and come to their own conclusions let's teach them how to think rather than what to think. Now there's a concept. And did you know that the entire fossil records being presented in schools are not valid and are unsubstantiated? In fact, the fossil records that I was presented when in school, were they were and have been thrown out because they were found to be completely falsified. But you know what? That did not get much press did it it's like the scientific community said oh dear we've been caught let's sweep it under the rug and no one really no one really talked about it but you guys that's huge they were trying to trick us and they have succeeded in tricking a lot of people so what are the powers that be what are they so afraid of maybe it's that children will choose to want to know more about an intelligent designer and bring God into a curriculum. Oh, but no, that's a big no-no in school, right? However, if one is to be completely open to new schools of thought regarding theory, which we're supposed to be teaching, then all schools of thought should be presented. Well, the problem is our teachers are being taught in universities. We're only Darwin's theories are elevated as fact. They are given zero training on how to present any other theories when it comes to evolutionary biology. And so I was one of those students in a liberal university here in Texas studying biology, and I could not wrap my brain around accepting what was being crammed down my throat, seriously. And so my very best argument that I'm going to share with you that I used while I was in college studying and I continue to use today, and this question or this line of thought continues to stymie even the most ardent of scientific minds. And I'm not doing it to act all smarty pants. But I'm saying it and sharing it because it makes sense, you guys. It makes good, logical sense. And we are supposed to ask questions as scientists and use our minds. So here's how my argument went. And you are free to take this and use it as well. And I hope you will. Because I think you'll find what I have found is that it leaves most people scratching their heads And be prepared, though. It makes a lot of people mad because they don't know how to answer it. And it's because they don't have an answer. So we know that when we're learning about evolutionary, there is this evolutionary timeline that's used to prove how organisms evolved from a single-celled organism into a multi-celled organism over millions and millions of years. And so this means that all of life, every single organism at one time, then had to have come from a single cell and developed into living things made up of gazillions of cells, and that it took millions and millions of years. So let's imagine that every single life form on this earth, Every single life form, y'all, that's a lot, had to have gone through this process and it would have taken a very long time. And my question involves using mathematical probability. So I would ask, you want me to believe that every single living organism went through this evolutionary process from a single cell to a highly developed multi-celled organism over time? And my professors would say yes that is correct so then i would say all right let's just take one organism and use some mathematical probability of ha- of this evolutionary event even happening so we i said let's look at the blue jay this beautiful blue bird going way way back this little guy started out in a slime pit it evolved into a single-celled organism And then, over lots and lots of time, developed into a fully functioning blue jay. Well, my question comes in right here. If this were true, this would mean that this blue jay would have had to have been an asexual being. Meaning, it could procreate itself without having sex. And so, basically, it would just bud off another little blue jay. And it would have had to have been able to do this in order for the species to perpetuate. Okay, then. At exactly the same time on the evolutionary timeline, you would have had to have a fully formed male and a fully formed female blue jay evolving simultaneously at the exact time in history. Right? and that would have had to have happened because we know now that blue jays have to have a male and a female counterpart in order for the species to reproduce. So what's the probability that both of these fully formed male and fully formed female birds evolved at the exact same time on the evolutionary timeline? Well are you ready for this number? it shows it's not possible. The math shows this to be about the probability of 10 to the 800th power. You guys, that's a lot of zeros and thereby means it's improbable to say the least. And this is for only one species. Think of how many species of birds there are, not to mention the immense variety of all Living animals on this earth. And when you put the math to all species developing at the exact time, it does not make logical sense. Well, you never will hear this argument at a university unless a student brings it up. Because it means one must now seek another method for how life began. Look into another theory. And because most of those in science have been shamed to even consider an intelligent designer, the hamster wheel of theories continues on and on and on. And that is where I got stuck as a college student. This is one line of thinking I could not accept. Even as a teacher of biology, I would provide my students with different schools of thought regarding evolution, and I allowed them to determine which theory they chose to believe. Again, I gave them the various scenarios and allowed them to use their own minds and logic to make conclusions on their own. And so what is everyone so scared of? Well, those of us who are believers in God know that it is the belief in him that's the problem. Science has tried to hide God and wipe him out for centuries, yet he continues to defy man's science, hasn't he? The more sophisticated microscopes have become, the more intricacies we have discovered within living things, the more and more these complexities point to an intelligent designer, God. So let's look at DNA for, an ins- for instance. DNA is a highly organized structure that has a specific alphabet code for every living thing. This alone is very hard to imagine that it just randomly over millions and millions of years organized itself into a highly intelligent code of life. Y'all, there is no way. And I believe if Charles Darwin were alive today and were presented with the findings that have been discovered since his time, I no doubt believe that he would throw his own theory into the trash. Theories are meant to be challenged. And when a theory continues to not make sense, it should be trashed. But in the case of Darwin's theory of evolution, it continues to hang on because the other explanation doesn't line up with people in science. But I'm a scientist and I have been given that wisdom by my creator to understand that my intelligent design questions come from an intelligent designer. Science will never seek to answer in an intelligent design way. However, would you ever expect a computer code to have originated over time on its own? You'd say, "Uh uh-uh, no way. It took a person with a mind to create a complex computer code. Exactly. And it took an intelligent designer, God, who created the complex code of life in DNA. And I believe it takes more faith to believe in the fact that there is no God when it comes to the origin of species, than it does to believe in our creator. So which faith are you going to place your entire trust? The faith of Darwin's theory of evolution, or that we have an intelligent designer, named God, who is the creator of all things. So I'm going to leave you with some really important scripture verses. First Corinthians one eighteen through nineteen. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate. That's pretty telling. Romans one twenty. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, like DNA, I inserted that part, (laughs) his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. You guys, when we choose to open our eyes, it's all there when we choose to see it. Then Proverbs eighteen fifteen, intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. And there we have it, folks, right there. Intelligent people are ready to learn and their ears are open for knowledge. And that means those who close their minds to any other theory are not using their intelligence. They are closing their ears, they are closing their minds to only one school of thought. And as believers we have no excuse. God shows us in his creation how perfectly we are made and how intricate all of life is. Those who refuse to believe this are choosing to seek their own wisdom and intelligence above Almighty God's. It's a futile Endless and fruitless chase to believe that man can outsmart God. So, if you've been led astray with these theories being taught as fact, it's never too late to turn to God and ask Him to open your mind. Turn to Him and accept His Son Jesus and begin walking in your new life. I pray that this podcast has opened your mind to new thoughts and with a renewed confidence as you share the intelligence of God. And I would love to hear from you. So head over to my website, drpaulamcdonald.com, where you can connect with me, order books and hear other podcasts. And never, never forget to fully live today. Hi, stay tuned for my mini podcast, Ask Dr. Paula. It'll be in the last five minutes of the show and a time for me to answer your questions. So to submit a question, simply go to drpaulamcdonald.com and click on Contact Me. I can't wait to hear from you. Well, on my Ask Dr. Paula, last episode, we dug into being able to defend your faith. And so I've been asked which books and resources that I have read regarding this topic. And so I wanted to share my resource list with you, because if you're really wanting to get into this, there are so many great, great places to start. But in order to understand anything, it is critical to read and research. But the very first book that you need to know is the Bible. Get into your Bible, study it, meditate upon it, ask God to clarify things for you. And then, to supplement your Bible reading, these authors and books have been my go-to books for Christian apologetics. And remember, apologetics is Greek, apologia, meaning in defense of. You are not apologizing for your faith. So, here we go. Paul Little, he wrote two great books that I love. Know What You Believe, and then the second one is Know Why You Believe. These are easy, quick reads and are excellent for the basics of apologetics. Lee Strobel, The Case for Christ and The Case for Creation. Beautifully written books. J.P. Moreland, Love Your God With All Your Mind. This was one of my very first apologetic books, and it is so loved and marked up and tabbed, I mean, it's full of interesting, wonderful things. And then he also wrote, Does God Exist? And then I have my Norman Geisler books, When Skeptics Ask, Christian Apologetics, and the Baker Encyclopedia of Christian Apologetics, a great resource. R.C. Sproul wrote, If there is a God, why are there atheists? Sean McDowell, Apologetics for a New Generation, William Dembski, Design Revolution, Michael Behe, The Edge of Evolution, and Darwin's Black Box, Uh, not to be missed. And then finally, Philip Johnson, Darwin on Trial. Any of these resources are a great start if you are seeking more information on this topic. I have read all of these books as I began my apologetical quest back in the 90s. And since then, I have amassed quite a collection, and I love having these resources in my library for continual reading. God gave us a mind, and it is up to us to utilize it. Don't waste this beautiful and precious mind that has been given to you. This is a lifelong quest for learning. You never are too old to begin learning. So let's dig in and read his word, study his word, and then seek out brilliant authors who continue to provide us with excellent resources. And the main thing in all of this is to stand strong in your faith. Speak up. Speak truth. And be bold in your faith. And I love hearing from you. So shoot me more of your questions or comments by going to drpaulamcdonald.com and click on the Connect tab. So until next time, are you fully living today? Thank you for joining me, friends. My prayer for you is that you would seek to live today and every day in balance and in an abundant connection with God.